Hello and welcome to another episode of the FPL Hangover Podcast where we raise the bar and lower the tone all things FPL related. This week, with open arms, we've welcomed FPL back into our lives. Not unlike a prodigal son who, for the best part of a decade, has been off gallivanting around Southeast Asia, finding himself. Only for the little ingrate to turn around and kick us square in the ghoulies. Of course, that wasn't without a little help from his friends Pep Roulette and VA Are You Fucking Serious? And speaking of serious, this man's as serious as a goddamn heart attack. My podcast partner in crime, Seamus. How are you getting on, my friend? Yep. How are you, boy? Boy. Boy, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I, I am buoyed by my uh, wild card, and I've pulled some points back on you, and I'm feeling a bit better in the world with a green arrow under my hat. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually wearing a hat, as you'll see right now. Yeah, it's all the viewers can see as well. Yeah. That's right, folks. We're streaming this live from Times Square, New York. Yeah. Yeah, and thanks to our Patreon supporters for, you know, comping the, those flights for us, basically. Yeah, and the prostitutes. Mm. Yeah, that was a, an added bonus I did not expect. Yeah. But we're here now, and we're here to talk FPL. And as you said, Seamus, you came into this week with a wild card in your hand, and you, yeah, you got a green arrow. How are you feeling? Yeah, yeah, I pulled that wild card out of my back pocket, and on any normal week, a score of 44 would be a bad result. But in a week like this, it's above the average. The average is looking somewhere between... Trying to figure out if it's 30... There's a lot of people, points coming off the bench. At the moment, this is 36. I don't know if that includes points coming off the bench or not. But it's not going to be higher than 40. about 40 anyway. So yeah. uh, I've got a 400k green arrow. So I'm up to 1.45 million now. Slowly chipping away at it. My team looks in a better state. And I'm enjoying the game. Because I've just gone for a few different players and changed on my team. So yeah, I'm in uh, good form. You're feeling better about it. You were a bit down in the dumps last week. Uh yeah, I was saying you we were we were texting the other day. You were ask I you were asking me you know what, what was I was saying was that are you not motivated? I was asking you are you suffering from a lack of FPL motivation? Something like that. And then you pointed that question back at me, yeah. and uh, I said you know what it's just hard to get excited. It's not depressing. It's just hard to get excited about FPL at the moment, especially when you're doing a podcast. This kind of feels a bit like work sometimes now. But there's no high scores second week in a row where the average is going to be forty or lower. Um, and I think, you know, you're seeing, you know, people kind of getting a bit fatigued. But yeah. All it takes is one big week and we'll all be joyous again. Yeah, exactly. All you need is that big green arrow that halves your rank in half and all of a sudden the motivation comes seeping back into you. And yeah, no, no, um, I completely understand where you're coming from. And as you said, FPL fatigue is something that I think considering how, as we mentioned before we started recording, how kind of low the average score has been for the last few weeks. It's not surprising to see FPL fatigue kind of creeping in that little bit faster this year. And what I've noticed as well, I think the last, this we're just after coming off an international break, but the last international break, if I recall again, was like a really low scoring week before the international break and then another one immediately after the international break, which is about after happening again. Yeah. So that means that lull is there for two weeks and... I think you're going to see players dropping out of the game. But what I'm actually noticing in some of my mini leagues is that players who would have dropped out of the game by now are still playing because they're still in the mini leagues, basically. No, I've noticed that myself. I've actually noticed like a lot of players that who aren't even looking at their teams too much, maybe they've made like a handful of transfers in the last nine game weeks, are up in the top kind of halves, top thirds of their mini leagues. And all because... You know, they weren't changing their team too much. They're not chasing uh, points and the players that they had at the start of the season are kind of coming, you know, good every now and again. Yeah. 
And I think what's happening is a lot of players who haven't touched your team too much have realized, oh, I'm doing okay at this fantasy. Like, uh, I must make uh, log on this week, make some changes, and uh, yeah, kind of keeping that involved in there. So it's it's a bit of both. I don't know if we're actually losing too many players. Maybe I'm wrong about that. Maybe we're we're still seeing players engaging. Yeah, it's a lot easier to 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 keep the game going when you're when you're not looking at you know two three million overall ranks. But um, it makes us look like fools. Yeah, how did your Game week score. So I said I've got 44, and I know I've done better than you. You did. You did better than me by about 14 points, Seamus. I had a pretty miserable game week. I was happy just to have the 30, because nothing pisses me off more than having a an a overall score of, you know, 28 or 26 or something yeah. like that. That's real shit. Yeah, 20 anything yeah. is bad. I didn't realize it was that low. I thought you were like... Mid thirties. No, I got two points today for Aubameyang. Uh, that brought me to twenty eight, and I have a fantastic two points coming off my bench for Sayunku, uh, to bring me to thirty. So that saw me get a red arrow this week. I'm familiar with it all too well this season, and I dropped from my rank of three hundred and fifty tau down to about five thirty. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's three fifty backwards, James. Oh, okay. Yeah. But, uh, so, yeah, it's uh, it's a little fucking irritating. You know, I got three green arrows in a row, slowly creeping up the ranks, kind of chipping away at it. And then one shitty week knocks me back. And it's a week where, to be honest with you, I was, like a lot of weeks this season, I was pretty confident going into it. I was happy with my team. I was happy with every single player I had, with maybe the exception of, of uh, Trent, who, you know, when you're away to Man United especially because I support the team, I'm never going to be rooting from too much. Yeah. And uh, you're not going to be expecting too much. Uh, that wasn't the case for Robertson owners, who, uh, you know, would have been happy with their eight-point return. But no, Trent, uh, Trent would have been the only player going into this game week that I wasn't too psyched about. And it didn't matter because they all fucking blanked on me. I think that was the story of this week. I kind of alluded to it in the intro. Uh, a lot of blanks, a lot of Pep Roulette, seeing Aguero, Otamendi, not starting, Salah's injury. Uh, a lot of players missing, all the captain blanks. It was just, uh, it was just a week of absolute dross. Yeah, so of that dross what would have been your highlight my highlight this week uh, there wasn't a whole lot to pick you know from and you know me I like to like to think outside the box a little bit with these highlights and if I was to be 100% honest with you um, it would be Salah not starting this week Salah, Salah not even being on the team because my transfers last week I had two free transfers in the bank and I decided I was coming off Salah coming off the Liverpool midfield for a couple of weeks while their fixtures toughened up a lot easier with Salah having a, a yellow flag and not really delivering for the last few weeks so my plan was always to come off uh, Liverpool and maybe go with a premium forward uh, Aubameyang party. I went with Aubameyang he did bupkiss uh, but Either way, I felt justified coming off Salah because he dropped to 12.4 and he didn't start. Because I was actually shitting a brick. I was like, this is that move Seamus made last season when he came off Salah and Salah went on a fucking crazy scoring streak. And am I right to say this is the first time in something like 36 game weeks or... No, how many game weeks did you say? 48 game weeks. 48 game weeks. That no, 46. 46. 46 game weeks that you haven't had Salah. Yeah. Kept him all last season. He was an ever-present in my team. And I had him from the start of the season. So, yeah, 46 long game weeks. And you surely had him, like, the last six months of the season before that as well, if you think about it. Yeah, very possible. Very possible. Uh, he so was, you could count on 60-odd game weeks nearly. Yeah, it was a big move for me. Uh, that's why it took so... Took so kind of, you know, why I was never sure of it. You know, I was like, this, you know, what am I doing? But then I thought, because of the length of time I've, had, I've held on to him, surely... 
change shit up a little bit. That definitely, uh, I find, is um, a temptation. You're kind of going, well, look, it's a game. I want to make moves. I want to, I want to make. I don't want to make mistakes, but I want to like try and make gains. And if they turn out to be mistakes, look, that's what happens. That's that's the nature of the game. So I think last season you were very much no stick with him. And I think there was times where you wanted to come off him near the end, especially when Manny was doing well. Maybe I don't know. Maybe you were happy with him, but you were very steadfast in your convictions. Yeah, I think. Um... I'm not entirely sure. My memory is not what it used to be. But if uh, if it is serving me correctly, I believe you might have had Mane, which kept me on Salah yeah. for the end of last season. Otherwise, I would have easily been looking for a bit of a differential. I think I did actually have him till the end because I remember we triple captained him for the Fulham and you triple captained him for Mane. Mane. Yeah. yeah. So, no, I did have him for the end of the season. So, yeah, that 46 game week is, is probably longer than I thought. But either way, it's a bit Schadenfreude-esque. But I did... That was my highlight. Your so. highlights are always uh, schadenfreude. I'm a bitter bastard. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a bitter, bitter bastard. But look, you're not. And uh, what was your highlight for the week? Uh, my highlight was Callum Hudson-Odoi getting the assists in the Chelsea game. Because uh, especially when Mount was taken off and Hudson-Odoi was kept on. Obviously, Mount has quite high ownership. And as does Tammy Abraham. Abraham has been pulled off by Frank Lampard quite a lot this season. Mm-hmm. And I mean that literally. <laughs> uh, he's been taken off around the 60 70 minute mark you know Batshuayi has been coming on haven't seen much of Giroud at all I don't yeah. even know if he's fit he must be fit though he's just not fancied I guess too no, old for a man like Frank he's getting on and I mean look at what look at the style that Frank's playing with that kind of fast attacking pacey uh, formation and yeah it's not a surprise to see Giroud not getting too many games but I was expecting probably a bit more from Batshuayi considering he kind of fills the yeah. same criteria as Abraham a little bit but he didn't. He didn't take off uh, Abram anyway. He kept him on. He uh, Abram hit the post and then had a goal that was like almost hit the back of the net. But all of a sudden, what's that guy? Right back guy? I have no idea. Yedlin. I know. Came he's... Yedlin came in out of nowhere. He, I think he's got cornrows now or something like that. And he uh, tipped the ball white. Uh, so that should have been a goal for those who captain Tammy. But it was great to see that Mount was the one pulled off and not Hudson uh, Odoi, who yeah. then slipped it for. Uh, and he was uh, he was excellent that game. Even match of the day showed um, highlights of his and you know analysis of his highlights and stuff like that. He was putting in a lot of dangerous quality balls. Could have had a couple more assists. He set up Mount at one stage two, and uh, yeah, and it nearly got through to Pulisic for another goal as well at one stage. So to see him get that assist, which gave him the three bonus points, and he was one of my differentials on my wild card. So got nine points from him. That made a big difference to me, and that was definitely my highlight. Yeah, no, I think uh, you were right to be very happy with Hudson Adoy. I, as you said, match of the day pointing out uh, how influential he was in that game, and he did. He had an absolute stormer. Uh, played out of his skin. It wasn't a surprise to see uh, Frank not not uh, you know substituting him when. When uh, when he was playing that well, you know, everything dangerous was coming through him. And I think he's won. Uh, he's already risen to 6.0 from his 5.9 uh, price. He's up to 6 now. I would be surprised if he doesn't start uh, game week 10 at 6.1. Yeah, maybe. it's These double price rises are kind of few and far between. It'll be interesting to monitor the net transfers. But I think that was one of the guys I said. I'm going to try and throw in a couple of differentials here. He very almost became Yarmolenko. Um, in my wildcard team. Yeah. So to see him score, and when Yarmolenko hadn't started and only came on at half time, and I'd already known he just got one point, that definitely was enjoyable because I was like, okay, that's one decision to make correct. Yeah, and I think that Yarmolenko, or I think that, yeah, as you mentioned, Yarmolenko not starting, uh, 
that was the player I got in for Salah and probably mainly the reason why Salah is my highlight not playing is my highlight of the week is because with Yarmolenko not starting I was fully sure Salah was going to start a score Do you know I was yep. like oh of course this will be you know this would be highlighted as a why the hell did Jurgen get rid of Salah for Yarmolenko when, yeah you know yeah no yeah I get it I'll have to justify it but look that's enough highlights I want to bring things down into the dumps a bit now and I want you to point out your low light for the week Shane. yeah well the low lights are the best part mm-hmm. and uh, yeah the low light of the week for me was uh, a double whammy in the United game watching uh, Andy Robertson set up a late equaliser for Liverpool for Adam Lallana to turn into the United net so as a United fan it was a bit sickening to see that they had thrown away the win well I don't know if thrown away is the right word but yeah they let Lallana sneak into the back post uh, on challenge and it was a bit fortunate that it came through him because I think it came through Harry Maguire's legs I think maybe was, Lindelof's legs I don't know I think United had two or three balls come straight across the face of goal throughout that match so totally see one put you know, over the line, I was kind of happy with, but I'm with you. Robertson's assist was a, a double kick in the teeth because um, they did they let the lead slip away. Now I'm pretty sure you and me, as United fans, before the match would have taken a one-one draw. I know I would have. Yeah, but as the game emerged, United were I thought the much better team, and yeah, I guess as the it went down the last final 10-15 minutes, it was questionable whether they would hold on, and yeah, they could have easily lost, but the. Most annoying part was I swapped Robertson for Trent on my wildcard. So I could have had those eight points. And I even said it, if there was a move I needed to make where I needed to save point three, I would easily switch back to Robertson. Um, but yeah, I think for the rest of the season, I want Trent anyway. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you 100%. I did the exact same uh, move in my own wildcard. It wasn't necessarily for Robertson. I'd already shipped him out. But I think Trent is... Not based on this week's performance, because he was one of the worst players in a Liverpool shirt, but he is FPL gold in terms of what he does as a as a fullback. It's and basically a winger. Yeah, essentially is a winger. And even against United, you know, he was still up attacking. The, the problem was he was just crossing from too deep. So there weren't good quality crosses in the box. He wasn't able to get forward. I thought actually um, Young did a really good job on him. And Mane was kind of started off on the right as well. And had a really quiet game. Yeah. Man Apart from was, the goal he scored, which was handball. Yeah, exactly. And Man owners would have been sickened to see that one being chalked off. So crap. happy that that was chalked off. <laughs> oh, I was sitting beside a Man A owner when, we, when I was watching the match. And he jumped out of his skin when Man A scored. And yeah, my heart sank. But, you know, on replay, I was like, that's a handball. That's a handball. But, you know, based on how VAR was operating this weekend, I wouldn't have been surprised to see Liverpool get two fucking goals. Right? Oh, my God, VAR. Yeah, I've, I have my own troubles with VAR, which I'll get to in a while. What was your uh, low light, your biggest disappointment? My biggest disappointment is probably a lot of people's biggest highlight this season. And that was a Sir John Lundstrom, as I believe he is now known in the FPL community. He came off. Many, many managers benched this week for a six-point uh, return. He picked up the clean sheet in the Sheffield United uh, versus Arsenal match, where Sheffield beat you beat Arsenal this week 1-0. Beat him tonight, the match just before we recorded. So him getting the clean sheet and then not coming off my bench uh, and knowing the sheer amount of benches he was coming off of and yeah. the sheer amount of people who started him due to, you know, maybe... Uh, you know cheap defenses or whatever that was uh that was my fucking sickener this week really. honestly didn't realize he was on your bench until i came over here 
And uh, yeah, that would definitely be a kick in the nuts. I was on Twitter a uh, small bit during the match. I tried not to go on it too much because I just I just wanted to watch the game. And uh, there was a lot of people praying that they would lose the clean sheet. And there was a lot of people praying that they would hold on to it. Uh, I was fixated on the match. I was like, my heart rate was definitely elevated for the last half hour of that game. And uh, I was delighted when it kept going. That came close to being my highlight of the week because uh, I actually watched that whole game. But no, the uh, I'm going to give it to Hudson Odoi in mine. Yeah, I think the Hudson Odoi one, especially considering the differential he is for you in our mini leagues and whatnot. Yeah, that, that you, makes more you, sense. You touched on a really good point there earlier. You were saying the amount of uh, people who had him coming off the bench based on players not playing. Ton of players didn't play this week. So you know the obvious one you mentioned already was Salah. Mm-hmm. Aguero didn't start. Um, didn't even okay, play. So, yeah, he didn't play at all. Didn't even come off the bench. Um, the likes of Yarmolenko didn't start, but came off the bench. Son didn't start, came off the bench. Uh, who else? Joshua King didn't start for Bournemouth, came off the bench. Yeah, there was a ton of people uh, this week. And oh, the most important one, Otamendi. Yeah. Yeah, didn't even play a minute. So that was uh, that's how I ended up getting Lundstrom on the bench. So I feel justified that at least I missed out my Man City clean sheet, but I got it covered. Yeah. And I you know, I wouldn't say ironically, I don't think it fits there, but my one of my biggest decisions this week, uh, outside of the, you know, to Salah or not to Salah, was Soyunku or... Tomori. Yeah, and I was I was I was torn. Like I nearly put it on Twitter to help me decide uh you know which which two which which do I go for? Who's more likely to keep a clean sheet? And I got it right, uh, in the sense that Tomori kept his clean sheet. I've been I've reckoned, you know, Burnley were far more likely to score than Newcastle were. And that did prove uh correct, but yeah, uh, I guess I should have put Lundstrom as my first sub and Nasunku. Well, I thought the uh, I sorry, I don't have Tamori. Um, I was considering getting him on the wildcard because I think he's a brilliant player, mm. but that would have been my three Chelsea players used up, and I just said I wanted to try out the Hudson Odoi move. And I looked at it, and I, as you said, the decision you had this week, a lot of Chelsea's the games you want to start Tamori are also games you want to start um, Soyuncu. Yeah. So I said I'm just going to go with one of them, and I was happy to go with Soyuncu because I just think that Leicester have a better chance of keeping clean sheets, even though. Uh, this weekend in particular, uh, the Chelsea fixture was a much more nailed-on clean sheet fixture because Newcastle just don't look likely to score away from home. Yeah, hundred percent. But with Hudson Odoi there, uh, if he plays half as uh, half as well as he did this weekend, I think it's as likely as him uh, he get, he gets an attack in return as it is that Chelsea keeps a clean sheet. Yeah, because I knew you had Tamori on, so I was like, okay, well look, Hudson Odoi's got his assist and a couple of bonus coming, so that kind of cancels out cancels out Jur's move there. But like my game week would have been absolutely shocking if I hadn't made my wildcard. I was thinking about it. I mean. I would have had the Robertson at um, eight points. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would have made points there and I would have had Sterling. That's it. I had Pookie. I had Barnes. Um, I would have had KDB, Sterling. Ugh, what else in my midfield? We're living in the past right yeah. now, James. No, no I, other points, though. But I do want to know what changes you made to your team and you, you alluded to Hudson Adoy, but there's another big player that you brought in this week. Quite a shrewd move, uh, if I do say so myself. And I believe that was uh, Raul Jimenez. Yes, we, we had a question on it this week as well from uh, FPL Chieftain. Mm. And he asked, uh, let, me get my, let me get his question up here, but basically he asked, why did I go for Raul Jimenez? I didn't mention it in last week's uh, podcast. No, you kept it very fucking quiet. Yeah, it was one. he was kind of low down my list at the start of the week. 
So he's like maybe fifth choice, sixth choice. I was actually thinking of keeping Timu Pukui even before him. I mean, playing against a team that had yet to keep a clean sheet. I think that was a close runner for my low light of the week. Outside of Wilson Blanken, the sheer fact that both teams who had yet to keep a clean sheet in the Premier League this season managed to get their first ones against each other when I've captained one of the strikers. I couldn't believe that game. It was... um. The one game I thought would be nailed on for goals, yeah. I kind of thought, okay, maybe Norwich won't score, but yeah, Bournemouth is surely on for some goals. I was calling three two. Yeah, the only team, uh, okay, so the only team with a lower expected goals xG stat than Bournemouth this week was Norwich, yeah, which was zero point four, and Newcastle, unsurprisingly, against Chelsea, which was also zero point four. But Bournemouth only had an xG of zero point seven. They had one chance and. One of those one of those chances that would have contributed to that was when Dominic Solanke was played through by Wilson and uh, he fired it straight at the keeper. Yeah. And if he had scored that, it probably would have been ruled off for offside. Um, but because he missed anyway, VR didn't intervene. Fair enough. So I mean that like even if they'd scored that, so I mean their XG is probably more likely to be like 0.5. They just didn't have any attacking fluidity at all yeah and it was definitely a, a, a massively disappointing match for a lot of FPL managers this week unless you were a Rico owner and Rico managed to get 8 points again another player coming off the bench for a lot of people uh, yeah that was that was an annoying one he was coming off a lot of benches yeah he was and you know again I don't even know how long he's going to keep his starting spot. Uh, he does look relatively attacking or dangerous in the attacking side of his his job, but him and Bournemouth don't look uh, like you know anywhere near the kind yeah. of team that are going to start keeping enough clean sheets. But for his price, four point zero starting off, he's now worked his way up to four point two. It's you know if if you don't have a Lundstrom. He's no, now 4.6. He's a great option. Is Lunch from 4.6? I think he's gone up to oh 4.6. I now. knew he was at least 4.5 anyway, but I'm not surprised to see him go up to 4.6. No, he's, um, this, he's this year's Wan-Bissaka. We yeah. said it already. But uh, yeah, Rico was somebody at the start of the season I was thinking, oh, maybe he'll get a chance. Um, didn't for the first couple of games, but now he's been in there for a while, quite a while. Mm. And I very nearly went with him on my team, but I said I wanted to maybe take a punt on... West Ham one. I didn't go for Yarmolenko. I said, yeah, let's stick Ryan Fredericks in there. Yeah, that, that makes sense. And I mean, with Alamendi not starting this week, uh, while we may be monitoring it over the you know next game week or two, if I was looking to you know maybe make a mil, mil and a half, Alamendi down to Rico, and Rico sitting on my, my bench isn't something that you know seems a bit silly to me. That seems actually quite... That could do quite well because you have... Sainchu and Tamori there yeah. along with Trent yeah, and that, Lundstrom that. You know? yeah. so yeah um, now we skipped over Buyaka Buyaka Rey Mysterio there a few minutes ago Raul Jimenez Seamus you're looking at me with that puzzled oh. look uh, yeah. wrestling references they go whoosh, over my hat right over your hat uh, that hat's getting a lot of uh, love tonight yeah yeah. it's going to become a regular on the pod is it uh, yeah, it's my uh, Tony Pulis magic cap yeah fair enough fair enough uh, but look Back to him, and as we kind of got sidetracked there with Bournemouth Norwich, hopefully we don't have to go. Oh back yeah, that's what you were getting at when you were like, you got somebody in, and then we just got totally sidetracked. Yeah, totally sidetracked. You were bringing up uh, FPL Chieftain, and he had a question for you this week regarding him. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I had it there. Um, he asked, uh, "What was my rationale when I went with him and um, Because I didn't mention it uh, on the pod last week, and he said it's a damn good pick. I hope other people agree. Uh, I was very happy with it. I wasn't so happy with VAR during the weekend because <laughs> twice I was uh, it was alerted that Jimenez had scored and twice it was ruled off by VAR. 
And he finally got his goal, so I was quite happy with that. And he ended up getting two bonus as well. He actually got booked for the handball, which he scored for as well. Yeah. So he could have had even more points. Uh, but it was a straight choice for me between him and Vardy. I was talking about, I had Bamiang in my team last week, and I was probably going to switch to Vardy. I kind of talked myself out of Bamiang. I thought, I kind of made some predictions how this game could go. We both said last week we didn't think Spurs would do well this week. No, um, although, although I didn't we, think I we, picked Kane in our hot shots. Yeah, well, we did. We did get. You, you, we did kind of. You did kind of hedge your bets. I kind of went. Nah, I'm not going for anyone. I don't think it. We did say Son was probably going to be a good captain choice, but it was a risk coming back from Korea on the international break. He didn't start, so that was a risk. But I still thought maybe Kane would score. Um, but I yeah, I'm not surprised at all to see them drop points. No, at all. No, and they should have lost that game. Yeah, no, they should have. But going back to him, as we keep, yeah. it's like we just don't want to talk. <laughs> no, about I'm talking the about the alternatives. Oh, so yes. yeah, so the alternatives. Like I didn't like uh, Kane, didn't like Aubameyang. I have four million in the bank, by the way. So Jimenez could have been Kane or Aubameyang. Yeah. So uh, then I was like, no, I have always said I don't like putting all that money into premium strikers. So I said it was going to go to Vardy, who's okay. just below that bracket. Okay, because I just think then there's too much tied up, and I I just don't think they're value for money. What do you mean? You've always said you don't want to put money in premium. I'm strikers. always saying it in this pod. I'm Who always... got Kane in this season? Yeah, and was that not against my strategy, my preseason strategy, the strategy I was going against last season? I break my own rules. Last season I'm, you had Aguero. I'm a Jonah. You are. Don't we don't we'll get into this <laughs> Jonah thing later on. Yeah, we have to we have to Google that. But anyway. Uh, in the end it was okay I'm going to go for Vardy but just the stats they weren't creating a whole lot of chances they were a whole lot better defensively than attacking and I said you know what this week against Burnley who are kind of a tough team to break down yeah. um, when they want to be especially when they get the first goal which they did this week I said you know what I think Jimenez is a better shout against Southampton who are you know not great defensively and uh, yeah I could have been rewarded with a Jimenez hat-trick except uh, in fairness two goals he had ruled out were legitimately ruled out i just like their um their upcoming fixtures i mean after this game now they're playing newcastle this week yeah. gotta fancy that arsenal leaky arsenal i know they're away from home but they are the team last year who beat all the top six teams yeah. and then they've got like some nice home games with uh you know aston villa in game week 12 and sheffield united well sheffield united's probably a tough one now yeah i mean as you said newcastle arsenal aston villa Bournemouth, and sheffield united in the next five matches I can see uh, Wolves getting a few goals in that. And, you know, Jimenez is their talisman. The, you know, it's far... Like, I'll definitely be behind the couch next week, the proverbial couch, uh, with Jimenez against Newcastle. The only thing... Just get that... him in. No, I have no intention of it. Uh, I think... Like, when I saw him in your team this week, I went, oh, the snake. I was like, that's, a, as I said, a shrewd pick. I was like, yeah, decent. Especially knowing you could have went... I knew you could have went Fardy or Aubameyang. And I was going, you know what? You turned your nose up at Vardy, who scored this week. and I was a bit sickened to see that he scored. more than him Yeah. Worth yeah. noting. Yeah, but points per million uh, itself, about the same. Well, not when you're four million in the fucking bank. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, no, Vardy, uh, Vardy did get a goal this week. As you said, Leicester came from 1-0 down to, to beat Burnley 2-1. Again, a massive assist from Var. But uh, Jimenez was a shrewd pick, and you've a lot. He'll be the talk of the town now this week. You can mark my words. All you'll hear is Jimenez this, Jimenez that. Especially when you consider the name for he, the name he made for himself last season. Yeah, and the fact that Wilson disappointed again. Yeah. And the worst thing about Wilson is, and Bournemouth in general, is they do this when the fixtures turn good. At the start of the season, when they were playing two promoted teams, people weren't satisfied that Wilson was getting an assist. Got two assists. It's not to be snubbed. You know, you're not gonna. 
turn your nose up at it. But not this week, I wouldn't have. Yeah, but <laughs> five, five points in against promoted teams, and then you know people are kind of going, oh, I was expecting more, I was expecting him to haul this week. Blank. They're against the worst team defensively next week. Uh, Watford. Um, uh, Watford, I suppose I was going to say they worse than Norwich, but they did lose eight 0 to City. So, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I'd have to double check the stats. I think they're like a goal or two more, and Norwich kept a clean sheet this week, whereas yeah. Watford conceded. So, uh, yeah, you'd expect there to be goals there next week. But Watford kind of look improved the last couple of games. I, th- I I mean, I know against Spurs, it was Spurs were awful yeah. and just kind of blunt in attack. And Watford got an early lead and didn't have to do too much. But they look comfortable and should have had a penalty in that as well. It wouldn't be hard to improve from absolute <clears throat> dog shit. Do you know, that's all I'd say in terms of Watford. There is still... 19 other teams that I think are better F- FPL yeah. options than Watford they're not going to I don't think there's 19 really I think they're not going to be like Huddersfield last season they're going to be involved in a relegation battle but yeah, yeah they could they've got enough quality in that team you know especially when the likes of Dini comes back and stuff like that if they get a bit of fight in them they could be they could be out of that relegation zone by Christmas I don't know if I'd agree Will with you. Will they? I don't know, but... Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I say 19 other teams. The only other team that I would be less interested in if, in investing in than Watford would probably be Newcastle. Oh, I thought you were going to say Norwich, and I was going to say it has to be Newcastle. But yeah, definitely agree with you there. No, Norwich, uh, I think I still think Timu Puki, uh, for his price, uh, is still a shout. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't be, you know it's obviously not the same as it was at the start of the season and, and building up that bandwagon that he got going but he's still playing for a relatively attacking team and you know he's still priced pretty kindly so I think between Puki, Cantwell, Bondia, there are options in the Norwich team that yeah I'm not interested in right now but if they get their act back together a bit I can like these are ones I would be looking yeah. at whereas with Newcastle there's no one I'm interested in with the exception of maybe a cheap defender and that's not even the case now. Yeah, Fabian Schär or something like that. But I, they're not even that cheap. He's like, he's 5 million, is he? Or? No, but I think you can get in there for 4.5 with someone. Yeah, uh, you could get Yedlin or someone like that, probably. Yeah. Although he's, I God even knows. I, I haven't looked, so I couldn't tell you. So, I mean, Newcastle, I don't want to touch them with a barge pole. And Watford, uh, you kind of alluded to before the before we started recording, in the sense that you just don't, you're just not 100% sure what their lineup's going to be. Yeah. So we were kind of doing our uh, drunk part. I was thinking, you know what? I think I might fancy Watford this weekend, maybe, to get a goal. But I couldn't determine who's going to line up for him. Yeah. But Danny Welbeck went off after five minutes, which seems to be uh, a recurring team with him in yeah. seasons past. So he's gone off injured. So I guess that means Delefeu's starting now again? or Well, he came on. So, I mean, you got to imagine... He's going to be starting next week. Oh, yeah. I don't know, and I don't give a fuck to answer you about. Watford. Yeah, yeah, I, I can't, I can't really back him either. They're, they're, you don't know what their lineup is. So. We've spoke about Watford for three minutes now, and that's two minutes and fifty seconds too much. Yeah, <laughs> if you ask me. But uh, you, yeah, you mentioned him, and as he was, uh, he was a, a shrewd pick. Um, and what I just wanted to go back to Wolves for a second because they will be probably the most talked about team this week in, you know, outside of the the usual suspects. Think so. Well, I mean, any team that like did what they did last year and still offers relatively decent value for money, they're and then you there's know, seven points in their last three games. If like a draw this week and two win, wins before that, right? So that's they're in good form. Yeah, and you mentioned and it's why I've come back to them is because you think that they may have turned a corner. I think so. I think they've just kind of gotten used to the um, playing on Thursday Sunday balance. Yeah, I think uh, the squad have 
you know, risen to the challenge. It's not like when Burnley are doing it saying, look, sure, we're going to get knocked out of this anyway. They have a real belief in the quality of their squad. And uh, they do have quality in that squad. They have the likes of John Moutinho who's played in Europe before. And I think they're all rising to it. I think Jimenez is a quality player. I think I'd have to double check the stats here. I think I saw a stat saying that penalty he scored at the weekend was his 10th goal of the season, which is amazing because he's only had what, two or three in the Premier League? But, about, oh, the season. I was about to say, he's not got 10 goals. <laughs> no, League. but yeah, he's got, it's like he's 10 goals of the season because he's been scoring in Europe and stuff like that, So, which he has been doing. So mm. it's not like he's not in form. I don't doubt uh, him in as being in form. Uh, as in, I think he's I think he's a highly rated player and rightly so. I think he's, he's a fantastic striker. You even see some of the bits and bobs he did this weekend and uh, he just looks like he has that little bit of class, do you know? Yeah. So I don't have any problem with him as I think Wolves as a whole are a decent Team, I don't think that they've gotten used to the Thursday Sunday rotation. At least, I'm not convinced that they have. I don't think they're, you know, I don't, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just not yet convinced. And I think this weekend will be the big test. They've got Europa League on Thursday. And they're playing, uh, you know, an away match to Newcastle, who are notorious for being... Uh, the only thing they're notorious for is being tough enough to break down. Yeah, true. But it was I think what uh, made me think they turned the corner was that Man City game where they had been away in was it Italy on the Thursday and uh, won the game like in the last few minutes of the game. So yeah. the game went. They had to go the whole ninety minutes putting everything into it, and then they were playing Man City on the Sunday. And I was like, Man City are going to do well here. Yeah, they beat Man City quite well. You know, it wasn't a fluke. It wasn't a smash and grab. They were stubborn and they got their goals on the break and they were quite decisive in what their strategy was so I was kind of whew, they kind of Nuno uh, Espirito de Santos like knows uh, what he's doing here so I was like yeah I kind of that made me think you know what these guys could be kicking on that's why I said I take it if we're going to take a punt on anyone in Wolves it's going to be him this. Yeah, I mean maybe I'm being too harsh on Wolves and as you said uh, they should have got at least more than you know I mean three Jimenez goes two ruled off for VAR uh, 1-1 lucky to get the point in the end you know really they he, were yeah. he got late um, and it was a, a silly penalty to give away but, but yeah I'm I'm not entirely convinced but look this could be one of those I, I know why you're not convinced because they had a poor start to the season and we've seen this with Europa League uh, contenders in the past like Burnley and stuff like mm-hmm. that Plus, we were burnt by Jota, or Yata. Yeah. I keep forgetting which one. Is it the Aston Villa guys, Jota, and Wolves is Yata, right? Yeah, well, the yeah. Portuguese lad is Jota, with a J. That's how you say the J in Portuguese. J, yeah, yeah. like Jose Mourinho. Exactly. So, I'm just going to say yes to whatever you say. Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, I think that's why you're kind of burnt by him. But look, I'm trying to get ahead of the curve, and uh, you know, half the time you do that, you just make the wrong call. So, yeah. I'm hoping... I've uh, I've come on to the right guys. Well, you've made a, a good start uh, getting ahead of that curve. And uh, this is fucking flying. We're already 35 minutes into this. And I think it's about time, Seamus, we hit the drug tank. So, drunk tank question. If Rahane has already been answered, okay, when we... Um when, and we've spoken about him this way too long already uh, when Chieftain asked about why did I go for him so hopefully I've answered that yeah, you know it just basically went okay I'm not going to go for uh, Aubameyang okay I could afford Kane will I go for him no Spurs in bad form Vardy mm, not convinced they're going to score too many v- Vardy's a stat buster and uh, I did consider keeping Pookie and then I went you know what him it is yeah. lowly owned going to go for him um, he does ask am I are you <laughs> Chieftain does ask, are you calling me a Wilson Jonah? 
right now. You asked me this before we started recording and both of us struggled to fully nail down what a Jonah was. Now, we were familiar with the Jonah and the whales or Jonah and the fish story. Uh, I just wasn't quite sure what characteristic that that was playing on. Yeah, I'd so, heard it before, but I wasn't sure. So we Googled it and we want to thank Chieftain for bringing this to our, t- our attention because the Jonah, and this is courtesy of Urban Dictionary, is a sexual maneuver, Seamus. So if you've got any small children listening to this, please block their ears. Three, two, one, go. This sexual maneuver involves straddling a girl over, straddling, yeah, no, straddling a girl over with your legs across her neck, and buttocks pressed against her breast, while you repeatedly thrust your penis in and out of, that says your mouth, <laughs> which I'm pretty sure isn't right, isn't right, causing you to ejaculate in her mouth and on her face. So commonly performed on the curb in between two parks. Between two drunk people. <laughs> uh, also can be considered rape, apparently. Uh, this is, I've read way too much of this. So, are you calling me a Jonah? Is that what you're calling me? I'm most certainly not calling you a Jonah. I don't know what's going on in Chieftain's head. But I'm not calling you a Jonah. You sick fuck, Chieftain. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, going back to the actual uh, meat and potatoes of that question. Did we figure out what it actually meant, a Jonah? I think it is someone who... Can't is, be trusted? Is that can't what? be trusted. Is that what we found out? We got confirmation on this, but we've forgotten it. <laughs> we've forgotten it since we started recording. So, yeah, can't be trusted. I think or, Urban Dictionary distracted us a bit. That definitely fucking distracted me. That I was not expecting that to pop up. Uh, especially after we Googled it two or three times and couldn't come up with an answer. But no, uh, herself indoors was more than happy to, per, to illuminate uh, us on what the Jonah is. And, uh, yeah, I hold no resentment for you picking back up on Wilson, especially considering he fucking blanked this week. I said it to you before we started recording, if uh, if he had gone on and got the hat-trick that I think, you know, we both expected him to get this week, then I might be a little sour that you'd just come back onto him. Yeah. But considering he blanked, I'm like, did you fuck up? I think I'll keep Wilson, <laughs> but I think that's the end of me captaining him. Because the other option I was going to captain, I was considering KDB, actually. Yeah. Um. Didn't really consider Sterling because I've just he hasn't done anything for me the last few weeks. I know he got five this week, um, but that's still not a whole lot. I I would have probably put it on Tammy. Tammy was my vice. Yeah, I was the exact same. Uh, Tammy Abraham or uh, Wilson were the two picks I was looking at. KDB. A lot of owners did captain him this uh, week, and they were unlucky not to see a big big points return. Uh, almost. Both Sterling and Kevin De Bruyne almost got big uh, hauls yeah. this week. De Bruyne hit the post, should have won a penalty, and had an open goal for if Jesus had played him in. Yeah. But Jesus opted to shoot instead of tapping it aside for Kevin De Bruyne to throw into an empty net. So Kevin De Bruyne could have had like a 15-point haul here this week. Yeah, and I think captainers will feel themselves very unfortunate not to have not to have come away with uh, from that game with any attacking points. Speaking of captaincy, because uh, just you've mentioned KDB owners... Um, we both went for Wilson. Yep. Shit out of luck on that. Uh, just go through the actual captaincy picks this week. The highest captain player this week was Aguero. 14.5% didn't play. So auto captain, vice captain's coming in for him. Uh, the next highest was Sterling. Uh, 13.4%. He got five points. Next was Abraham, which was 13%. Now that was 25% in the top 10K. Yeah. So he was quite highly owned by the top players. Uh, again, only got two. So, uh, Aubameyang next, 10.2%, two points tonight. Yeah. Uh, then you're talking Salah, 95 So, it's weird to see Salah 
fifth choice captain. He's usually first or second. Yeah. But uh, yeah, zero points. So a lot of people, that's kind of showing you where the trend is at the moment. You transferred him out. I transferred him out in wildcard. Again, none of these players, the highest points out of those five players was Sterling. Well, what blows my mind is that you were talking about how lowly captained Wilson was. He's didn't even have 5% overall captaincy. Which is crazy considering... Well, what it really did for me was uh, draw a, kind of a big line under how much of a bubble Twitter, FPL Twitter can be at times. Because mm. I was 100% convinced everyone was going into this game week with Wilson captain. I was a little unsure last week when we recorded. Uh, I was talking about Abraham mm-hmm. as the week progressed. I, you know, shit came to light uh, that I couldn't ignore, i.e. Norwich's terrible uh, uh, defensive record. Um, And the fact that I had had Wilson all season and had gone back up to 8.0, I was like, you know what? Like, you mentioned that this was him done for you in terms of captain him from now on. Uh, Same for me. But this was was my kind of litmus test. It was like, okay... If I can't captain Wilson against Norwich, who the fuck can I captain him against? Yeah, he's not a captain option. I mean, we saw this last season. He, if you just keep him, he'll tick over at points. He'll score against United. He'll score oh, against season. Arsenal. Things like that. Yeah. But yeah, he'll blank against the likes of. You do, and it's not his fault. It's that Bournemouth and the supply to him is so unreliable. Yeah. They are liable to just put in a crap performance on any day. I remember they beat Chelsea like four 0 last year. Just turn it on any given day. So it's it's weird. Um, just I'm going to keep him on my team. I'm yeah. going to keep him. I'm definitely keeping him, uh, you know, for their next uh, match against Watford. They're even, you know, following that up with a uh, home match to Man United and away to Newcastle and Wolves. So I don't know. I will, you know, for sure have him next week, whether I have him come game week 11 or not. Because I was on the edge of getting rid of Wilson two, three game weeks ago. Like against Arsenal, he blanked. And of course, you know, I wasn't expecting much of a return. But I was like, look. That's his run over. He's broken uh, his, you know, unbeaten streak as the season has gone on. Now, as it turns out, both himself and Aubameyang have gone on to blank in the next two matches after having a 100% return record throughout the first seven game weeks. But, uh, I, you know, I'm... Look, it's bound to happen, wasn't it? Regress it, to the mean. It is. And, you know, he's 8 mil. Uh, he's gone back up to his 8 mil. So I've made the point to back on him. If something becomes more apparent over the next game week or two, because I won't be making any changes this week, I'll have no problem shipping him off. Because let's not forget that as at the start of the season, and as we've alluded to in several episodes, a lot of his returns were fantasy returns and quite fortunate for fantasy owners to get. Yeah, rebounds, uh, or people scoring rebounds from his shots and... Um Open yeah, winning. goals that fucking Angus Young decides to take out a yeah. defender with, you know what I mean? So... Like, that's one goal he played against. He got two against Everton, who were, even though they had a decent match this week, and actually kept a clean sheet. Pretty shit uh, run of form they were on. Yeah, I know. You just you reminded me there, as you said, uh, open goals and shitty, lucky goals. Uh, Danny Ings has scored for the third game in succession, third game he started in a row. Um, another mess up, this time not by a goalkeeper. So he scored three goals this season. One was from Adrian mess up. Mm-hmm. One was from a Larice mess up when he was trying to kicked the ball out and he just ended with two tap-ins and this week Connor Cody for Wolves completely missed kicking the ball um, and he was true on goal in like a rat up a drain pipe and slips it underneath the keeper so that's um, four uh, goals this season four goals four that's goals oh, and an assist yeah. yeah I think he scored in his last three games in a row that's mm-hmm. what I, they said Yeah, last three in a row uh, he's had four this season and he's got one assist and you know several minutes off the bench there so he's not playing 90 minutes every week he's 5.9 right now do i condone 
getting in Danny Ings, mm, no, I don't. <laughs> but, uh, you know, depending on where you're putting your funds elsewhere in, in the team, I'm not, I'm not entirely against it. But Southampton's fixtures, yeah, as you could tell by Seamus's disgusted sound right there. Leicester at home next week. You got a fancy uh, Leicester to come away with some points there. Following that with City, Everton and Arsenal. Uh, no, I, I'll be staying away from Danny Ings, but... You know. literally just have to look at his fixtures because I have not been looking at Southampton as an FPL option this season. And when I saw they're playing Leicester, who are one of the tightest defences in the league uh, this season, um, statistically-wise, they're not giving up a whole lot of chances. They're yeah. not conceding a whole lot of goals. Um, I don't fancy them really him to score there. And then Man City, you can't fancy him to score away at the Etihad. So, yeah, the next two don't seem to be... And, Again, it's Danny, it's Danny Ings. If he scored three games in a row, I feel like, well, he's definitely not scoring four games in a well, row. Well, he's definitely going off injured next week. Isn't that the thing? That's uh, but, you know, regardless of three games in a row, with only three striker options in your team and so many strikers, uh, you know, as you know, a, a far above Danny Ings in the pecking order, I don't see why anyone would be looking that lowly down. So I think that's a comprehensive answer as to whether I'm a Jonah or not. Yeah, very comprehensive. Okay. <laughs> so we should probably <laughs> move on to the drunk tank question too. This, good thing this isn't a rapid fire you know, uh, answer. That was round. rapid fire. That was as fast as I could answer. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh. Go. Next yeah. one. Go. Next one. At FPL underscore Rossi. And uh, he has, he said, Hi lads, I have Toby Alderweireld in my team. I know now what a crap pick that was, but at the time the fixtures looked good for possible clean sheets. Uh, I need to dump him now ahead of the Liverpool game. Is Mendy a good option? He has Mendy, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robbo already. So, I don't know about you, but that's like a five point five uh, defend defender, a seven point a seven point zero and six point nine, six point eight defender, and Alderweireld is what five point five or is he? Yeah, something about that. So he's thinking of going for Mendy, who's what six? I'm not sure. That's a lot of money in defense. Yeah, especially in <laughs> especially in Spurs, you know, like I wouldn't be like he 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 knows it himself. He he wants to get off Alderweireld. So I'm not going to give him. Yeah, shit. he's identified the problem. So yeah, that we recommend coming off that. But two Liverpool and a Man City, and he wants to go for a second Man City defender. Yeah, no, we actually went to the Liberty, being the, you know, the the absolute professionals that we are. We went to the uh, to the extraordinary lengths of looking at his team. He's moved up this week in the FPL Hangover Mini League. He's up to 11th. And uh, looking at your team, Rossi, uh, I would be taking money out of my defense. I wouldn't be looking at, at Mendy. I don't think he is he's a viable uh, option for Man City defense right, defense right now, considering how you already have out of Mendy. Zinchenko is going to take minutes off of Mendy uh, at some stage, especially with Champions League rotation. Like, I mean, if Zinchenko plays this week in the Champions League, you'd expect Mendy to start at the weekend. Yeah. But... I'm, I don't want a player that might play two in every three matches for the price that Mendy's coming in at. Yeah, I mean, you can't... Uh, right now, the only Man City defender that you can trust is... What's the goalkeeper's name? Ederson. Ederson, yeah. He's the only one you can kind of trust because even Kyle Walker didn't play this weekend. Yeah. They played without a centre-back. They played with Cancelo and Mendy. I... You could have given me five attempts to name the ba- that back four. I would not have picked that uh, back four. I was the exact same. I was very surprised. And, you know, just getting back to the question, it's, no, I wouldn't be touching uh, Mendy right now. I'd actually be taking a bit of cash out of my t- out of my defense and dropping Alderweireld down to down to a Sayunku or, as we mentioned, a Rico. 
Uh, saving myself the... Tamori can he afford Tamori well he has three Chelsea players already Mount okay. Hudson, oh Hudson Odoi he like... actually has a brilliant rank 91k he's doing really well good start to the season. season yeah exactly that's why I'm not going to give him any shit yeah, why, is he coming to, why are you coming to us Rossi get your damn podcast going yourself it's, it's easy <laughs> we should get him on here to do a, a guest episode yeah um, no Alvarell is 5.5 and yeah I'd be dropping dropping him down to a 4.5 4.2 saving myself the mill and maybe you know maybe you can invest that somewhere else down the line uh but thanks for the question. And uh, next one, Seamus. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully, yeah. Look at the fixtures there and go for a 4.5. There's lots of good options out There's, there. Time is just getting away from us. And yeah. I'm like going, fucking hell, I thought this episode would drag. And nope, we're <laughs> hitting fucking 50 minutes. Last uh, last Drunk Tank question of the week, so we'll move on after this. Um, it's from Lane, or, or Lynn. And she asks, with United's upcoming fixtures, can we consider bringing any of their players in? Um, she's considering Rashford or James. Yeah. Well, I just wanted before we answer that question, I just want to shout out to to Len there or Lene or however she pronounces her name. Uh, an absolute. I think it's Len. I think it's Len too. Yeah, because the accent is on the first e, not the second e, and it's short for Helen. Helen. So, yeah. so it's gotta be Len. But I just wanted to shout out to one of the OGs of the FBL Hangover podcast. She's been liking and retweeting and all of the good things that uh, a listener would do that we love to see yeah every week since we started doing this without fail and I just wanted to say a big shout out to her and a lot of gratitude for that and delighted to finally have a question from her on the pod that was a nice surprise yeah she hasn't asked a question before so we'll definitely answer that and she does make a great point United do have some really good fixtures coming up and a while back I was saying look Norwich are at home to Man United and I was thinking, you know what, that's not a bad fixture for Pookie. But if you look at it from the other perspective, I mean, United are terrible away from home, but Norwich can't keep clean sheets apart from this weekend. It's just yeah. gone. Uh, yeah, I think James could be a good option. Although I was mostly impressed with Rashford this weekend. I'd had the two of them had fantastic games. Yeah, but uh, Bra- uh, James kind of looked at times like he showed his inexperience, whereas Rashford really looked quality. Like he may he put Van Dyke on his arse at one stage. He did, yeah. Um, and he was clinical with his finish. You know, when he when he gets it in like that, when he doesn't have time to think and he has to finish first time, he's clinical. And he followed a good performance uh, in the internationals, uh, scored a cracker for England during that break as well. So, yeah, Rashford seems to be kind of maybe coming back to a bit of form. But as we mentioned there a while ago, in terms of the limited amount of striker options we have and the vast amount of options available to us yeah again Rashford's down the pecking order I'd be more interested in in Daniel Hammes yeah I think you're right I if if I was to think about it like the person who impressed me most at the weekend was Rashford but considering his price and the other options out there I he would be like only my fourth or fifth choice um forward and I wouldn't be fucking surprised to see Norwich beat United this weekend yeah Hammers is one that I'm calling him Hammers now yeah, yeah. James uh, James is one who just seems nailed the team he's going to be in there every week can't seem being dropped at all so he would be the guy I would take a chance on we already know he can score some great goals yeah. he's scored in the first few games of the season another um, thing that might put you off Rashford was seeing Martial come on for the last 10 minutes of that match as well yeah but that is the other person I was just about to mention him and maybe Pogba if we can find out more about Pogba's injury situation in time if it looks like he's coming back soon those are guys I might look at I might wait until game week 12 before yeah. going for United Asset purely because I just think away from home I'm not sure. I mean, we're United fans, but I feel like it's hard to back a United player now. If I was going to back one, James at six million is the guy I go for. Yeah, maybe our bias is what's kind of putting us off, but I don't think T 
teams are afraid of Man United anymore. So traveling to Norwich and traveling to Bournemouth, who I think got a result against United last year. Um, uh, yeah, did, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be uh, I wouldn't be jumping on the Man United train just yet. But as you said, game week twelve, their fixtures turn in the sense that. Brighton at home, away to Sheffield United, that would be tough. And at home to Villa, there are three, you know, fixtures that you don't mind having United player in. But again, it depends on does does a Callum Wilson blank the next two? Because all of a sudden you've got a striker op- a spot open, and you know, one I've been thinking about is uh, Axel. I don't even know how to pronounce his name. Twinsebe. Yeah. Um, purely because in the Liverpool game they went to a uh, back five or three centre backs. And uh, he was meant to be one. He's meant to start. Now he pulled up in the warm up with an injury, and Rojo started instead. I was wondering how he got in the. Yeah, team. if but uh, Axel, I'm gonna call him Axel. <laughs> he was meant to start, and he's only I think four point four million. Now I could be off by point one here because I haven't checked his price in a couple of weeks. But if he is, if that was only a small knock, and he's back for next week, and it looks like they're persisting with this um, treat the back, treat the back, because that allows. Because at the minute they've only got like uh, Fred. And McTominay uh, playing in front of the defence. And that gives, with the three centre-backs, gives them more passing options. They've got three centre-backs they can turn and pass it to. Yeah. As well as then allowing Wambasaka to push on up for, further forward. So, if he looks like he's coming in there for 4.5 United coverage in defence, that's what I'd be looking at. Yeah, I think that's a decent shout. I think United look at their strongest in the defence. You know, from an FPL uh, point of view. I think defensively, that's where United are at their best. Or... That's where United are their best, i.e. defensively. But uh, either way, I wouldn't be touching United right now. I'd still be waiting to see if they can kind of string a couple of decent performances together. Hopefully, they can kick on from from the result of uh, you know the result yeah. the result against Liverpool this weekend. But I wouldn't have any faith in United right now. And I'd rather have Hudson Odoi than James as well. If I think about it, like for a moment. I mean, if you are a United fan, you really want to get in on United. I think James is a good one to go for. Um, or wait a week and see if Martial is back in the team and maybe yeah. go for him. Um, that's where I would go. But as I said, it just feels like there's better options in midfield. But she's a United supporter. So yeah. maybe she wants to, to to put a bit of you know fate in her own team. And if that's the case... I feel like we've been no help. No, not at all. But we're never any help. That's that's our jam. That's what we bring to this FPL podcast uh circus that's going around uh but i think that's uh wrapping up the drunk tank we're all done with it aren't we we're all done with the drunk tank brilliant yeah. so before we get on to our last segment of the show i wanted to just uh you know quick shout out to the fpl hangover mini league and who's top of that uh, i believe it's the same as last week bozo is it uh well i don't think you, i'm not calling it bozo <laughs> The team name is called the Bearded Bozos. Um, it's David Grant's team. He's still number one. Uh, a low score in game week all around. Not too many scores, um, you know, in the 40s even. Um, I think I saw one score in the 50s. It hasn't fully updated yet, but I have seen that there's uh, no one going to catch him this week. So he's still number one. It's kind of hard to do a, a countdown of the top five when uh, the game week, uh, there's a game on a Monday yeah because no, we don't have the full change. stats yeah we don't have the full stats but uh, yeah David Grant's still number one and uh, yeah we'll put up the uh, top ten on the page uh, tomorrow once the pages have updated keep an eye out for that and a sip of beer for all the boys and girls who threw in a question and to all the boys and girls in the FBL Hangover Mini League uh, so that does bring us to the last segment Seamus what time is it? it's time to get your balls to the wall you get your balls to the wall yeah. alright so Balls to the wall. How did we get on last week, Seamus? Straight up, 
Pull no punches, please. Let's go straight into it. Yeah, you um, you beat me in the hatchets and puck fighters. Fuck okay? yeah. But I've eaten the bring sheet. So now it's come back to four all in both hatchets and puck fighters. So does that mean we're equally as brilliant as one another or we're both shit? Yes, that's what it means. Yeah, fair enough. I'll and I'll leave that up to open to interpretation. Uh, yeah, you went first and you picked Kane with your game week one choice. Oh, uh, your game week choice last week. Um, nothing there. Then I went with Wilson and Abraham, who I thought were the two best picks. They returned a paltry two points apiece. Um, and it was your second pick, Vardy, who really came in and saved the day and got you uh, eight points. So that's ten to four. Which brings it back to four all. You'd imagine I'd have shown a little bit more faith in him when I was transferring in a striker this week and went with Verdi instead of Bamyang, you know? Yeah. Well, we must have drawn uh, Must have drawn a week there because there's nine weeks and we're drawing four all, so we must have drawn a week. I'll take it. I'll take um, it. Puck fighters-wise, it's four all in that too. And you beat me. I went first and I went with Wesley. Okay. Completely forgot about Hudson Odoi. <laughs> you came in him with him and he got nine points. Yeah. We already spoke about him at length, so good pick there for you. And Breen Sheets, I went first, and I got Tamori, who got his five points. And you went with Bali, who uh, lost his clean sheet to that uh, mistake by uh, Connor Cody, allowing Danny Ings to score. Yeah, and it was a it was a fortunate goal for Southampton because I think they didn't look like producing a whole lot outside, you know, in the attacking mm. third outside of that. But yeah, no, you you picked up the Breen Sheets. So what's that Breen Sheets bring us I'm to now? I'm four two in the Breen Sheets. That's oh. my second week in a row winning now. So yeah, I've uh, established a lead, and that means I get first pick again in All the Breen right. Sheets. Um, but yeah, going first uh, with the hot shots, um, I get first pick this week, and I can't look past that Man City game. So I'm going for Sterling. Yeah, I think Man City at home to Aston Villa. Yeah, that's that's gonna be that's ripe for some attacking returns, which you know, based on how the season is going, means Villa win one nil. Yeah, it feels like we've been saying all week that you know there's gonna be points for Aguero and Sterling, and the last few weeks they just have not been coming. So, well, five points for Sterling this week, but something else worth mentioning uh, before we move on with the hot shots and green sheets was the old uh, double tap this week, Salah Aguero, for those who had captained Aguero and vice captain Salah. Were left without a captain. Um, I feel bad for those guys. That's that's a whole pile of shit that I wouldn't wish on my. Why would you captain Salah when he's flagged? Vice captain Salah when he's flagged. Yeah. When you know that Aguero is always liable to be just rested by Pep. I don't know. I don't. I feel like if you've got Salah and Aguero on your team and you want to just stick to captain and vice captain on them all season, that's a fair enough tactic. I do it the whole time with Sterling and uh, Salah, but. If, if my vice captain had a flag, I would move that vice captaincy. Yeah. But anyway, I, I still expected Salah to play. I did not think he would. Now, in hindsight, usually Salah during international break would post a picture of him relaxing in a pool somewhere in a jacuzzi, kind of going just chilling. So we should have uh, known. So we should have known he wasn't going to because, yeah. you know, he was obviously at home crying. Yeah, fair enough. I'd like wish he had sent a picture of you know I don't know fucking his ankle in a goddamn wrap or something like that. But no, uh, I just wanted to draw attention to the Salah Aguero double blank this week. And uh, as bad as I feel about not having uh, a Lundstrom coming off the bench or a captain blank, I definitely would feel a whole lot worse. Oh, you know, um, Joxer, yeah, that listens to this podcast. Uh, he's in our FPL Hangover Mini League. Hughes Super does. Well. Hughes, Hughes Jazz. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Connor. He has a guy in his office league who's his triple captain this week on Aguero. Nice and his that. vice was on Salah. Yeah. And that was his triple captain. Well, I mean, like, I don't know. If we were already. You're bitching about people sticking a captaincy on uh, Salah when he's flagged. I definitely would be like, no way am I triple captaining uh, 
even Aguero away to Crystal Palace, I think, is a risky That's show. so risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, neither of us picked uh, Crystal Palace in our, our, sorry, Man City players in our hotshots last week because we thought it was a tricky fixture. Yeah, no. So, so it turned out. He got what he deserved. Uh, don't feel bad for him for a single second, Connor. Um, but look, that was your pick this week. You're fully confident that Sterling is going to bang against Aston Villa. I think it's due. Yeah. I think it's due. I think he'll bang. I think that's fair enough, and I echo those thoughts with Kevin De Bruyne, uh, a player I nearly fucking forgot about because I definitely wasn't picking uh, Aguero, and I nearly just ignored City altogether until you kindly reminded me that KDB was an option, and uh, yeah, so I'm going, you're going Sterling, I'm going KDB, a complete reverse from last week, we're both picking City players as our as our number ones, and I don't fucking think anyone would blame us for it, but I also got third pick. And I'm going with Jamie Vardy, who I'm not entirely sure I am allowed to go for, considering I went from last week. But as we're recording this, I'm not going to stop it and edit it. So <laughs> I'm going to rule on this, Shame. It's it's official. It's locked in. Jamie Vardy. Okay. I wasn't even ready. Is that a rule? Yeah, maybe it is. I can't remember. You said at the start that when I was picking someone else, you were I think like, that was for Puck Fathers. I honestly can't remember. We'll, we'll have get, to go over these rules. We have <laughs> to laminate We'll give it to you anyway. We'll give it to you anyway. If it's, uh, if it's breaking the rules, it's for this week only anyway. Um, My second pick then was uh, Aubameyang. Yeah. Uh, I like him in home fixtures a whole lot more. They're playing Crystal Palace. Lacazette came back and came off the bench today and uh, it did offer an extra dimension to Arsenal's attack and uh, I think that will benefit Aubameyang next week. Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of people would be put off by the return of Lacazette and, you know, I definitely kind of was in the back of my head when I transferred in Aubameyang this week was, you know, what effect would his return have? But, yeah, as you mentioned, I thought Aubameyang looked far more dangerous uh, with Lacazette on the pitch than he did up front without him on the pitch. Well, this leads perfectly into our puck fathers because that was your your pick, your yeah. first choice. Yeah, I uh, mir- mirrored your your Arsenal shout. I do think they, you know, they're good for a goal or two against uh, Crystal Palace, and I've gone Lacazette as this week's puck father. He's my long shot. I think he's he looked hungry tonight. He also looked uh, he looked uh, you know strong. Uh, he very strong on the ball. Yeah, he held yeah. the ball up well, lent into the defenders. He's only like two percent owned. Is that what you said? One point five. Yeah, that's yeah. could be a nice differential if you haven't got the money to go for Aubameyang, but you want to get into this Arsenal attack for their good fixtures. Yeah, I'd be waiting a little longer just to make sure that injury is fully healed. But yeah, I think for this week, Puck Fada, he's you know a definition of it uh, in terms of. I don't like Arsenal in my FPL team in general, which is why another reason why I didn't go for Aubameyang last week. But you know they are good picks, uh, so I will recommend them. You know for fixture runs like this. Might be time to get in on them for a while. Um, but that's my picture. I, I do think uh, they will put a couple past Crystal Palace. They're a sort of team that could keep it tight and beat you, especially away from home, or they could lose 3 or 4 nil. Yeah. Like they did against Spurs a few weeks ago. So Yeah. But it is a puck father. And yeah. that's why. That's the nature of the beast. Yeah, exactly. And I've gone for uh, Traore. I was going to say Jimmy Traore. Adama Traore for Wolves. Poo. Yeah, who I think uh, has been quite good in recent times. So he's kind of been playing in right midfield and then sometimes pushed up forward and uh, yeah he's played another 90 minutes at the weekend he seems nailed in the team at the moment um, yeah I gotta make him uh, my uh, I mean he looks a better shout than Yata at the moment yeah I mean look as you said because I gave you a bit of shit for picking Adama considering 
the shit you gave him at the start of the season uh, on the pod. Um, and I stuck up for him. I was like, mm. you know, he actually has improved a lot, and he has. And it's a decent shout. Um, Wolves against Newcastle now. It is an away match, and we know Newcastle are, you know, capable of being stubborn. So it'll be interesting how to see how Wolves come out of the Europa League fixture this week. I think uh, Newcastle have to kind of go at Wolves a small bit more because they're at home and it's expected at the... Uh, at St. James's Park or whatever it's called now Sports Direct Stadium I don't know call anymore. it St. James's Park yeah. let's call it what it is um, so if that's the case then that mean, might mean you know, Troy has space to run into a bit more yeah it's a fair shout but look we'll see how our picks get on next week I want to thank everyone for listening this week whoa whoa whoa, whoa, whoa what have I forgot Green Sheets oh, every week I forget this every goddamn week Green Sheets obviously we should have done it at the start when you were talking about how you beat me <laughs> yeah uh, we'll just do it quick anyway I, I beat you so I go first uh, I fancy West Ham as a good option for clean sheets this week so I've gone for Fredericks yeah 4.5 he's in your team as well isn't he yeah he's in my team I think I'm going to start him this week against Sheffield United who don't carry a whole lot of goal threat yeah, I mean, I'm surprised that you'd say that considering Sheffield United have just beaten Arsenal 1-0, you know? Yeah, but Mousset scored a goal as he's second of the season and he's their joint top goal scorer. Yeah, no, I mean, look, I'm not... You're 100, your logic is spot on there. I think uh, Sheffield, for all of their kind of... Their glories, um, attacking isn't isn't one of their strong points. Yeah. Um, they are a strong unit, though, so it will be interesting to see how West Ham, who, uh, as we alluded to earlier on lost 2-0 to Everton this week how they respond to that defeat um, they would have been looking for some points they played Everton. pretty poorly as yeah. well Everton were well deserved to win. Everton should have that game wrapped up quite early so I think there might be a bit of response and it could even be nil all but I just think uh, I can't see Sheffield United scoring no yeah and uh, yeah we'll see uh, my breen sheet of the week was well I'm going back to Old Faithful here I'm looking at Brighton uh, a team we've Barely touched on this week, but uh, as we've spoken for, I don't know how many hours of podcasting uh, for since the season started, but I'm 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 hopeful for Brighton to keep Everton out this week. I know we talked about Everton playing well against West Ham just there, but I still think that was more West Ham being shit <laughs> than and Everton aware a whole lot worse than there, a whole lot worse than there when they're at home. Yeah. They're quite good at home. They're still finding it hard to actually put away their chances or create a lot of chances. Uh, they created a lot this week, was the most they've created in a while. But with Sigurdsson not on the on the starting lineup, yeah, they changed the the formation a bit, and they actually kind of went with a kind of a lot of pacey, tricky players. Sigurdsson, you know, isn't renowned for uh, pace or anything like that. So they had like Walcott played unbelievable. Uh, Wobi was fast, direct, and tricky to deal with, although he his final ball and final decision-making was quite poor. And Bernard is one of those tricky yeah. players as well. So And you had Davies and Gomez in the centre of the park, which, you know, Davies offered a bit more speed than, I don't know, who'd usually play there, Schneider then or fucking something like that. Yeah, Davies and Gomez. Gomez was a big um, a big boost for him. Yeah. So, yeah, I think... Um, we're promoting everything here, but yeah, no, I'm, yeah, I'm, uh, saying, I'm saying Brighton to bring back a bit of form from last year, dunk. He's my man. 4.6, 4.7. I don't know what price he is right now. It could be 4.6. I think he's still 4.6 unless he went up in the last few days. But I consider Brighton... I still prefer West Ham, but it's not a, it's not a bad show. No. They, I think they would be the, the, the match... The two matches that are probably most likely to 
to at least get one shout out in it. But I believe now I'm okay. Now we're done. Now I can wrap up. All right. Uh, I would once again like to thank anybody that listened. Uh, please like, share, subscribe, retweet everything. We're on YouTube. We're on all of the, the platforms. Uh, you can reach us on FBL Hangover at FBL Hangover on Twitter. You can also send us an email at FBL Hangover at gmail.com. Seamus, what's your Twitter handle? Uh, I'm at FPL Drunk. How My mobile phone number is 087. <laughs> no, don't text me. I'll keep that to myself. Do do do. I'll 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 put it out after this. I'll attach it to the to the uh, Link episode. Yeah, Link yeah. it. No, you can get us on Twitter. That's your most uh, your 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 best bet for reaching out to us. Uh, thanks for tuning in, lads. I hope game week ten was a lot is going to be a lot better for you than game week nine was for me. Yeah, and as always, may your arrows be green. God bless. Yeah.